Greetings. Welcome to the Asana Kitchen podcast. I'm David Garig. I'd like to announce that I'm doing a Yoga Sutra summer course on book two from July 22nd to September 23rd on Sundays. And you don't have to have done book one to take part in it. So you can get more information on the course on my website at davidgarig.com and also register for it. I gave this talk at my DG Kovalam Mysore Intensive 2017. And there's also written notes on the talk that you can find on my website under the title, the same title as the podcast, From Practice Principle to Narodaha. When there's antarayas, like we chant in 130, the nine obstacles, and, and you can add to that the five kleshas, when these disturbance is there, then it's called chitta vikshepa, a clouded mind field. Okay, so there's disturbance, there's waves arising and passing in the mind, strong waves, like many of them, and fast and uh, not controllable. And what's curious is that we can be so kind of outer-directed and so uh, habituated to those waves taking place that we don't even know, we don't even notice that the mind is full of anxiety, full of fear, full of distress, or not full of, half full or a quarter full. Right? And so they give you the physical, there's a physical accompaniment, which is in 131. So there's, they have the accompanying disruptions of pain, physical pain, emotional pain. Pain is there, right? Um, Depression, the body is restless and the disruption of the breathing, this restless breathing, shallow breathing, inhibited breathing. They're, these are kind of uh, dialoguing with each other then, so that you may not notice that you're being careless for instance, one of the blocks, or that doubt, you're doubting. But you can notice that you're, you're in pain, or that you're, what's happening with your breathing, what's happening just in the feeling in your body. So, so th- and then, in order to prevent the blocks and those accompanying disruptions, this is the key, the ekatattva, this single principle, tattva. Okay, and there's, there's so many principles, so many. And they're within yoga and within the yoga sutras. So from 33 to 39 gives you some of these principles that you could practice. This, uh, so tattva, it's... Uh, it's a big word, or it's got a lot of possible definitions. And 
that's what we're exploring today. But we also we just want to identify that when you so you use this practice of a single principle, eka, was one, eka tattva, to get to from chitta vikshepa, from the disturbed mind field, from a clouded mind to chitta prasad. And it's clear, the mind is cleared, almost like a state of nirodaha, where there's no activity. There's not waves intervening and uh, and the, when the waves are coming, we're not identifying with them as owning them. So that's when the mind clears. And prasad is a very beautiful word in that it's used in a ritual sense, like when you do a puja or a ritual around an altar, you put the food there, the rice or the fruit, and once you've done the ritual, it's called prasad, that food. It's blessed. It's a different type of food. It's not, it was just ordinary rice, but by going through that ceremony, it became sacred. And that, So when you take that in, it's a healing food. It's a purifying. It's a magical food. It's imbued with special power. Okay, so that's this prasad. Chitta, then, when you've practiced a single truth, it's a, it's a consecrating your, the, what is happening in the mind. It's arriving at a more sacred um, condition of mind, an apprehension of, and that is based on being in the present moment and knowing truth in the present moment, knowing a single principle. Okay, and then there's a, there's a hierarchy of principles, as it were. There's very small, little, tiny principles. And there's big principle. This is the ultimate principle, eka tattva. And, and, so it, and it gives you the proposition very nicely, that sutra. So it says that experience is a pratyaya. A pratyaya, if you, you can see, is a arising thought which directs chitta towards an object. Okay? So experience is an arising thought which the chitta directs towards an object. And, that, that, and, and it's the ordinary experience, you could say, that you can put in parentheses. It's ordinary experience is a pratyaya which does not distinguish between sattva guna and purusha, self. So, but you can also insert prakriti. So it doesn't... Are back to our basic problem of... Right, we have the san yoga, it's called, a correlation. What is spirit and what is matter is mixed up, confused. Okay, so ordinary experience does not distinguish between prakriti and purusha. That's what it's saying, okay? And then it's saying that, um, and by sanyama, sanyama means a very intense focus, okay? A, very, a contemplation, a deep Meditation, an absorption in a theme. Okay, so by, by sanyama on what exists for its own sake, purusha. Okay, so that is one of the qualifiers of purusha. It, it, this purusha self exists for its own sake, whereas prakriti exists for purusha. It exists for another. 
So that's what distinguish, one of the distinguishers between spirit and matter. That everything material exists for the experience and the freedom of this purusha. But purusha doesn't exist only for itself. Okay? So that when you, by conducting a sanyama on that, what exists for its own sake as distinct from that which exists for the other, the other being purusha, then you get purusha jnana. Purusha jnana, you get knowledge that you end the san yoga so that you're able to distinguish what is matter, what is spirit. And so when mind activity goes on, that those waves that you're, when, you've, when you're mixed up, you're identifying with those waves. You're identifying with this body. You're identifying with things material. Okay, but by contemplating the, that those are separate and the ways that they are separate, then you get knowledge of Purusha. So, so this is the whole thing. This is how you spend your day <laughs> as a yogi. Making this distinction, constantly finding the ways that you're buying into thinking, confusing what is material, what is lasting, what is really, uh, what is the swarupa, what is my essence. My essence is not this body. My essence is not my thinking. My essence is self, it's consciousness. Okay? And then when that happens, You get 36. So 36, it says, tata pratibha. So in a flash, like this. The, the time it takes lightning to strike. You, suprasensory senses. The senses explode open. Okay, suprasensory hearing, feeling, seeing, tasting. You understand the eyes, they go walk. The ears, they all, they're totally tuned in. Now, ever the feeling, the, eh, just awake to the world through the senses. And intelligence, supersensory intelligence as well. So there's a quality of mind that comes too, an awareness. And an an awareness that's informed, that's accurate. Okay, so so that then putting this back into practical terms, when you notice that there are blocks, and that or there or you notice there are disruptions that indicate there there are blocks even though you may not know what the blocks are then you practice a single truth a single principle and this is kind of the ultimate or the final single principle but it's so hard to start with how shall i start there it's so, it becomes so abstract so intellectual so not based on experience. You can only go, okay, right, I'm not the body. It's a, we're talking about context. 
Okay, it's the greatest context. It's the most, the deepest, the most profound, kind of the most essence, essential context that this existence is happening under. It's very big, though. Okay, so, so we have to step out or back and get more smaller moments of context and build to that, even though that one's in the background. Okay, and this is where... Um, for one, my asana principles come from. Okay? Those, that's practicing ekatattva. Is when you will find the foundation of your asana, that's practicing a single truth. That is preventing blocks. Do you understand? That, present, that is preventing carelessness. That is presenting, preventing erroneous seeing. That is preventing... Density, disease. And it's so tangible. Okay, that, that con- the context of where my feet are in relation to the earth, manageable. These asana principles, are so, they're the building blocks. Okay, the, this is how you build a spiritual context for your Life for your experience. And you're looking for this qualitative state of internal awareness. So you're trying to be able to perceive what is taking place within you accurately within the moment. And to make it more subtle, it becomes heightened. Okay? And then... You make a greater context for it. The whole um, interlocking of the principles, those asana principles, and we'll just list them in case you've forgotten them. See, this is what I want in your notebook. I want the right across the whole page. Okay? Foundation, pelvic and spinal position. These are so basic. They're so physical. What, where is my pelvis in space? That's a single principle. Understand, this is how you go from chitta vikshepa to chitta prasad. In when you've taken hatha yoga, ashtanga yoga up as your practice. The central pranic axis, that's number three, although they're not in order. Four, breathing. And breathing, really breathing, right? According to those Vayu patterns, so an expansion force, that's your inhalation. A contractile force, that's your exhalation. Along the axis, again and again throughout the practice. Like a, a machine, like the, the diaphragm is a piston. It's like driving a machine. For 90 minutes... It never stops. And those movements help you to... To define it. That's what the vinyasa is for. Okay, then bandhas along the axis. Mula bandha. Redirecting the contractile force upwards. Jalantara bandha. Redirecting the expansion force downwards along the axis. 
the arms and legs, gesturing, active, participatory, supportive, supporting the spine. Single principles, opposing forces along the skeletal lines to find a middle place, an immovable spot through mudra, through sealing, applying one force against another dynamically. Concentration, meditation, absorption. So that's just basic focus and sustained focus inside the body, within the breath, within the axis, within the foundation, within the locks. Ease, sukha, right? Remember, sthira sukham asanam. Sthira, sukham, ease, receptivity, enjoyment, pleasure. Then sense of I amness. It's your posture. Nobody else's, not your teacher, not your system, yours. So what, you own that transition. You own that staying in that, that yantra. Your dance, your expression of skeletal geometry. And prayer, communion, devotion, surrender. So you're doing it to go beyond the ego. So, right, so you have an, a sense of I amness and a sense of emptying out of I ness. Then, balanced predicament. Okay, so the, you're looking for this instability on purpose to find stability. So stability is, is found by being unstable first. Okay? So those principles. Okay, and, but, and then those as a combination, as a uh, 12 perspectives on one thing. They're just simply a checklist of one state of asana. One state of consciousness. Right? And when you see that, the relationship between these principles and samasthitihi and then samasthitihi and all of the postures, then you can head into that more spiritual context. This contemplating the difference between matter and spirit. So, back to... 31. 131. Okay, so 131. Then you've got, it starts into the list of how the Yoga Sutras give you some examples of Ekatattva. Okay, so, and one is a doozy, the first one. And it's one that I want you to think of as taking place both interiorly and exteriorly. Okay, so it's within you and it's interfacing with the world, the outer world. Okay, and it's 
four thingamajiggers to come to Chitta Prasad. Okay, so it's, it's basically this. It's when you make friendship with sukha, with ease and pleasure. So when you encounter that <coughs> ease, sukha, then you make maitri, friendship with that. Friendship with sukha. Ho, ho! It's so big, right? This whole thing we're talking about. Ananda. I amness. So that this, where is the ease? And then making friendship with that. So big. As a mind clearing pursuit. Okay, and think of, and it, it sort of circumvents the negative bent of the mind. Because you know how our minds will go critical so fast. So that instead of paying attention to making friends with sukha, we will dwell on dukkha. Right? We will complain. We will do all kinds of things around our suffering, our pain. Rationalize, think about, obsess over, uh, wish it were away, uh, right? Project, avoid, dodge. But here's something. Friendship with Sukha. So nice. So important. And then, but, and then it gives you what to do with Dukkha. Suffering is there. Karuna. Karuna. Compassion. So instead of, oh, grind it some more. Yeah. No. Compassion. That's what happens when you encounter suffering. Inside. Outside. You don't judge. You don't wish it. What is compassion? There's some kind of meeting it with tenderness, gentleness, care, uh, see, embracing in a way. Being with. Some compassion awakens. Like, a, like you're caring for something so needy. Something help needing that care. A child or a plant or an animal. Or hurting, someone hurting. And yourself as well. Okay, then. Elation with virtue. Again, that it's sort of like friendship with sukha. That you actually get happy when you encounter <laughs> virtue. Instead of going to the typical cynicism and but something's there. Elation with virtue. And then indifference when there's an absence of virtue. 
neutrality. Okay, these things take you from chitta vikshepa to chitta prasad. Okay, and so if you don't meet dukkha with compassion, blocks are arising. Kleshas are activating. So, and of course, this is hard. It wouldn't be here if it wasn't hard. This is a very challenging mega sutra. Of course, when you meet someone not virtuous or encounter within yourself when you're not virtuous, you're, what, indifference? No, I'm going to, I want revenge. I want justice. I want retaliation. I want judgment. But mind activity is coming. Suffering. Chitta prasad. Right? Ekatattva for chitta prasad. All right. Then we go on. 34. The chitta field is cleared, clarified, prasad with breathing, pranayama. And not just breathing, though. It's prana. Okay? Prachardana, vidharana, bhyamba, prana. Restraining prana. Directing prana, like vayu patterns, apana, prana. So that your energy, so it's breathing energy, it's respiration, but it's energy as well. Okay, so holding prana, think of how challenging that is. They say there's two sources of mind activity. Only two. One is prana. Constantly in motion, this energy that is behind all material. Constantly moving and creating mind activity. Creating those waves is prana. And then the other is vasana. Subliminal traits. These, these sort of bents of personality that we're born with. Those make mind activity. And so they say when you can, can you can stop one, they'll both stop. But how shall I stop prana, hold prana? It's always moving. So hard. But that's what asana, that you're becoming an expert in directing prana. In changing energy within yourself. Okay, that's how you clear your mind. Change the energy with breath, with bandhas, with yantras, with perspective, context. Okay, then the next two go together, sort of. 35 and 36, they talk about pravriti. Pravriti. 
Hallelujah. Pra is higher. Vritti is turnings. That's mind activity. Higher mind activity. So th already that's cool. You and you, you, we like these easy distinctions. We've got clouded mind, cleared mind. Phew. Can grab onto that. Is my mind disturbed? Is it clear? Okay, and then within the, the content of vritti, is it pravritti or vritti? <laughs> and the, the yoga vashista, it puts it in very clear terms. Here's what it says about it. So that the multitude of your mental impressions is twofold. Yes! Twofold, oh, the multitude of these frittis going on. Good and bad. <laughs> yes! Good and bad. It's just that simple. So if you're carried away by the stream of pure mental impressions, you will, in due course, reach the eternal abode through those very impressions. So important. That's all those principles. Through your foundation, through your access, through your breathing, through befriending sukha, and getting compassionate towards dukkha. Directing prana. These are good pravritti. And then, of course, if the disposition of the mind is, however, bad, here it is. It has got to be conquered by... Effort! Oh, so you have to go to battle with those vrittis. So the, ri the river of mental impressions flowing through good and bad channels can be directed to the good path by great human effort. So those dark, that anger, that jealousy, that doubt, that criticism, that <coughs> heated suffering, that lethargy, that depression, shunted into foundation, axis, breathing, dhyana, by great effort, great human effort. So that which has settled in the bad paths, make it flow into the good ones, even if it is very much confused. Collect only the good ones, even if it's very much confused. Then, then, of course, they are never finished with you on this. Then, in even the stream of good mental impressions should be abandoned by you. Okay. 
Oh no, you're like, I had it, I had it. You want no mind activity. Not just good mind activity, none. Eventually. Okay? So that your, that even the stream of good mental impressions should be abandoned by you with burnt up passion, free from anxiety, and indeed by understanding the nature of reality, the distinction between Purusha and Prakriti. Okay, so here we go. So a pravritti, number 35, a pravritti which has arisen related to a century objects, you hold the mind on that thing. That brings chitta prasad. Okay, so you identify the, uh, these pravritti. What is a finer activity of chitta? And you hold on to that. Steady your mind on that. And the mind clears. Okay, and then there's another one. So that a pravritti which is sorrowless and luminous, having light. Okay, and that's again, it goes to this, it's a very interesting thing. So, for one, we, we spend a lot of time avoiding acknowledging our sorrow. Okay, so that first, you, there has to be that. There's so much sorrow inside. So much pain, just sorrow at... It's, 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 it's endless, right? The, the, things rarely go exactly like we want. All throughout the day. And then they pile on the days, the months, the years. So much sorrow is there. So, but, then this, but then there's also so much hope. Where the mind springs into the present moment. And there's beauty. There's connection. There's intelligence, communion. And so, you recognize that. Right? We can be so identified with the sorrow that we don't even notice anymore. But here, this is a pravritti that is no, there's, there's, it's without it. There's, it's absent. Sorrow is absent from that. Wow. Wow. And it has light. Not such heavy darkness. It has light. It's there in the chitta field. You just have to sift through and find it and then steady your mind on it. Value it. Friendship with sukha. And then vitaraga vishayam va chittam, number 37. So there's, this is an object which transcends attachment. A chitta whose object has, which transcends attachment. So the, they classically, it's funny, they, they interpret this one really interesting. They, they take a saintly person, like chitta. The, so it's like a chitta is a person, <laughs> an individual mind field who 
is non-attached. It just has freed themselves of this chained, being chained to prakriti, to materiality. So that if you're exposed to that, then your mind is cleared. But it can also be within yourself. Vitaraga. Right? Transcend attachment. When you transcend attachment, and when you're even around that, the mind clears. Okay? Then, swapna nidra jnana alambanam. Alambana. So that the chitta is cleared by having its supporting object the knowledge of dreams or sleep. Okay, so this is a very interesting one. I want to tell it to you in a couple of different ways. And one is, is that you, we make the distinction between the, th- there are actually four states, right? Waking, dreaming, deep sleep, and transcending all of those. Okay, and so this is going towards the, and, and they're, they're deeper, they're deepening, right? Waking is the kind of most superficial state, the most physical, the most literal. Then it gets a little more symbolic, a little more based in imagery, a little more not like this. And then deep sleep. Okay, and so... And dreams are, you could substitute visions. Visions, dreams. Okay, they're visions. These are internal images that you are getting knowledge of. of Not just dreams when you're asleep, although that can be part of it, but your dreams, your visions getting in touch with that, those. And then deep sleep is in a psychic sense, in a psychological sense, it's, it's an even deeper internal place, a, a, a place that's even closer to swarupa, to that, your essence. It's very, so it's a very center, silent, rest, still point, which in a very literal sense, it means getting good sleep. It is so important for, to clear your mind. If you don't sleep well, you watch how crazy you become, how angry, how frustrated, how impatient, how careless. Okay? So it's about sleep, but it's deeper than that. It's about symbolic sleep. It's about deep rest within yourself. Okay? As a Chitta prasad, blessing the field of the mind. Okay, then it just leaves the door open for you at the end. If none of those are to your taste, then dhyana as desired. Right? You get to decide what clears your mind. You have to find it.
Thank you for joining me. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at David Garig Yoga or on Facebook at David Garig Yoga. You can also follow me on my YouTube channel, The Asana Kitchen.